Hey, this is Taylor. This is Jake. And this is Dan. And this is Unicorn Finders, where we are on the search to eliminate the elusive unicorn factor in everyday people, businesses, and relationships. Hope you enjoy. The third episode of Unicorn Finders, uh, where again, we find the unicorn in both business and relationships. And uh, boys, thanks for joining. Super excited to hang out with you all again for the third week in a row. We are back. Ready to do it. Um, so uh, we, I know uh, we had a great episode last, last week about, you know, Hey, you get called that you're laid off. What do you do? There's some great points. Uh, I think one of the biggest things we got out of that was just breathe, right? I think that's the most, one of the biggest things I took away from that personally. And so we all kind of talked about this and we all, um, want to kind of go into, uh, really kind of confessions of a recruiter and kind of what that looks like um, in regards to what do we do? Um, you know, what, what a recruiter is, what a recruiter isn't, and maybe some, some stories, some narratives of, of, of working with a recruiter. Um, so boys, I guess, I guess let's kick it off now. I guess let, let's talk about what is a recruiter. Um, so Jake, take it away, man. First thing first, how would you define a recruiter right now? Right now could be a lifeline <laughs> in, in what's going on. Um, but I think a lot of, lot of uh, misconceptions have happened around recruiting, whether it is the recruiter themselves portraying it or how they're being, um, being received. Um, and, and one of those things is we are not a cost to the candidate. That's, I want to get that out. We're not a cost to the candidate. What we are, are professional connectors, where we find opportunity and we find um, solutions and put those together. 99% of the time, it's just an awesome candidate that knows what the heck they're doing with the right attitude and the right price point to help that business drive forward. Now, whether that is in consulting dollars or just short-term contract or direct hire, um, you know, full-time placement, long and short, what we do is just find the right people and put them in the right places to solve those problems. I love that. Yeah. It's funny. I think a lot with recruiters is like, you know, I know I've gotten it a ton. Like, do you ever work? Um, you know, all you do is take fancy lunches. Um, by the way, I've lost weight because I'm not going on the fancy <laughs> lunches anymore. Um, but I my mean, day I, drinking has increased though. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> day drinking has increased. So, but, but I, I think the big thing is, is that we're not, um, you know, we're, we're, we're not, you know, somebody you pay money to, right. I, I, I think, and we're not a one and done type of thing. I think a lot of times, you know, recruiters are kind of viewed as this, um, well, I'm only going to use them for a job and then that's it. And, and, and I think, I think you're missing the whole point of a recruiter. I think we're really, um, your advocate. And I think we're your talent agent. I mean, really, I mean, I, I would say if we want to do sports, I mean, we're your talent mm-hmm. agent, right? I mean, we're Jerry Maguire. Um, and so, um, Dan, you're, 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 you're nodding your head. So yeah. definitely, definitely expand on that for me. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I, we are a, what looks to be a very short-term solution, uh, but it's really benefited by a long-term relationship. And what I mean by that is like, there, there's going to be a lot of transactional recruiters that, that are out there that you're going to work with uh, that are there to get your resume fired off, submit it into some sort of portal and, and hope and pray that, you know, a hiring manager looks at it. And there's others that are going to say, hey, I understand that we may not place you 
today. We may not place you this go around, but I want to, I want to be the type of person you can go to for advisory questions, right? If you have a question about, you know, what are new technologies that you're seeing out there? What other certifications matter? Or, you know, what, can you look at my resume? Can you, um, can you read my cover letter if that's a, a thing that you believe in? Or, or can you, you know, can you do any of these things or, or can you just help guide me, right? Like that's the difference to me between being a recruiter and being a, uh, a transactional agent, right? Because there's a lot of recruiters that are out there that are simply just going to say, hey, uh, you have C-sharp web forms, <laughs> web forms. Uh, and, we can all uh, joke about that. Yeah, that was and, a good joke, Dan. <laughs> and, and, and HTML, right? Yeah. So right. you have these three so things. Go perfect. collect your unemployment check. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to go submit you to this. Role. All the web forms developers that listen to us just logged off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, you, it's like the box checkers. And then there's those that say, hey, we'll get to what, you know, boxes you check. But tell me what drives you, what motivates you, right? What are you looking for? What are your like five most important key factors in your in your job search right and then like i said i may not place you today i may not place you in a year i placed a guy a couple months ago that i met six and a half years ago right he's like the ninth yep. person i met when i moved to tampa right so it's to me that's the approach that we're the three of us are trying to take yeah in recruiting no i i think that's <clears throat> i mean that's something to be not we need to overstate that in the sense of a lot of people are like well if, if a recruiter doesn't have anything for me, like what's the point of even reaching out, right? Dan just placed an individual f six years ago. I placed an individual last year that was literally one of my first candidates I met coming back to Nashville from Raleigh, and that was six years ago. I mean, sometimes a life cycle on these things are, are really long, but you need to go ahead and get on that person's radar now than later. I think Dan, I, I think I've quoted Dan's quote now, like when's the best time to Playing a tree was like 80 years ago was the second best time today right yeah. <laughs> i mean it's it's i think that's so true uh more than anything else i'm just gonna be a bunch of one-liners out of dan for this during this podcast but very good yeah i i can just I, let dan talk I mean. yeah seriously <laughs> you know i just think that's i think it's incredibly important i mean i and <clears throat> i think recruiters recruiters right now are what developers were um during web i guess what one 1.0 um mm -hmm. the, the start of the millennium um, where you could read how to code mainframe in 90 days and make it, you know, make some money. Um, and again, I mean, this is, this is directly from a developer, um, that, you know, I'm friends with in Raleigh. And so I, I think, I think it's, it's trying to, um, it's trying to obviously filter out those recruiters is, is, is the biggest difficulty, right? I think, I think most people deal with. Yeah. And from the client side too, is, what, what we talk about a lot with some of our really active clients is that you already have a full-time job, right? Our full-time job is to find people to build out your team, right? Effectively. And oftentimes, you know, it's more expensive for the leader of that team or the leader of that company to stop everything that they're doing for three weeks or a month or even a few days just to start recruiting people for their own team versus, Hey, why don't I find someone that understands me, that understands the culture, understands the technology, understands the business values, and just can be an extension of what I'm doing and who I'm trying to build. And then we just build that partnership out. I mean, that, that, that right there is one, that's the value of not using as a client, not using 15 recruiters, you know, from different agencies. Cause you just, you just can't get what you really want out of it unless you just 
want a bunch of resumes without any say about what they do or who they are or why, right? Yeah. Um, which some people prefer that. I mean, which good for you. Um, but it takes a lot of time to shift to sift through all that um, when that happens. <laughs> but otherwise, just let us be an extension of kind of what you're doing. I mean, between the three of us, what do we say? We're like 20 years of recruiting experience or yeah. something like that. 19 maybe. Um, and, uh, and really that, you know, for me, I just love being able to be a part of so many different people's teams, you know, and, and, and kind of like leave a, a little bit of a fingerprint on some of that of like, Oh man, Jake, help me get into this opportunity or my career progression was here, you know, because of X, Y, and Z, or I w I'd been trying to round out my skill set, or I really wanted to work in this new technology, you know, and, and that opportunity came. You know, those are, those are the best stories. And if we're doing our job right, connecting with the right clients, then hopefully we get a ton of those stories from candidates saying like, yeah, I'm not working on web forms anymore. Cool. This is great. Yeah. Very yeah. Taylor helped me get there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like this is awesome. Yeah. You know? um, and, and vice versa from the client side, it's like, man, we were stuck on this legacy technology and Dan helped us find someone to bring us to the next level. And now here's our ROI from that, that resource, which ultimately Dan brought together right so i love that i love that yeah i think about I from the business aspect and the relationship and not just the transaction i say it you know on the the sales side which is, is kind of where i work you know there's there's two sides of of kind of our business there's the you know the there's the recruiting side and bringing candidates in uh, and then there's the the bringing in client side they they work separately but but together and you know just to, to quickly you know mention that is you know when we're meeting with candidates they expect us to know a lot about our clients they want to know you know how they how they work how they operate you know what what perks do they have what kind of things am I going to be working on what's a team dynamic what you know what uh, what exciting things are going to be coming up in the future all of those things and so you know I say that on the recruiting end of things as well we're going to spend a lot of time getting to know our clients and getting to know what you might be getting yourself into as a candidate. We want to do the same thing on the candidate side. We want to know all of those things that drive you and motivate you. That way I know if I go and, and meet an awesome candidate and then I'm out with a client and I'm like, man, you know, this candidate's looking for ABC and D and I know that this client, you know, offers ABC and D it's a lot more, more likely to make a marriage. Cause when you think of recruiting and how it works, this is kind of a very long winded point that I'm gonna make as short as possible. It's incredible how often it works because there's so many different pieces that have to happen on both sides, right? On the candidate side, you have, you know, does the salary make sense? Does the skill set make sense? Do the benefits help me? Am I advancing in my career? Uh, what, what's going to happen to my commute? What's going to happen to my daily workload? What's going to happen to my hourly workload? What am I going to do with, with a new team, right? So that's on the candidate side. And there's a, a whole list of things that you can go on that side. And on the client side, it's, you know, does this person fit our team? Do they augment the skill set that we have? Or do they bring something new to the table? Can we competitively offer? Can we offer them good benefits? Are we offering a good work from home strategy? Are we doing all of those things that that ultimately is going to attract the right person. And the fact that that marriage happens so often is pretty incredible. So there's going to be a lot of times that we ask you a lot of very specific questions yeah. and it's because we want to make sure that those marriage and those check boxes come yeah. together. Because the last thing that either person wants is, is to feel like they wasted their time when we were so far off. So there's going to be a lot of times that we ask questions, you know, that you're going to be like, well, why is Jake Taylor again asking me this? It's because we want to make sure that that marriage happens, not just a, oh, you have web forms and COBOL experience. Microsoft, if you are listening, 
please sponsor us. Um, no, I, I think that's <laughs> I what I think, their sponsorship. Yeah, I, I think everything Dane just said. I mean, working with us, the job search is an intimate process. Like that's weird to say, but like mm. it's 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 huge. I mean, it's there. There's so many nuances of personal life and what you're dealing with. Like, is your kid sick? Right. Like, like how important are benefits? Right. Um, yeah. You know, do I? You know, I'm literally, I mean, I, I've had candidates say, hey, I'm going through a divorce right now. I need to look at, you know, this type of option. I need to get, yeah. you know, th- you know, these type, this type of salary. And so, man, it just, it is such an intimate um, uh, process that, that it's even more so you, to, to work with a recruiter that you really trust, right? And, and so what I want to do is, is kind of pivot the conversation a little bit and, and start talking about the inner workings of a recruiter, right? Because that's what I want to get to. I want to educate individuals and educate the podcast listeners of what a recruiter is and what does our day look like, right? I think I've said it before in one of our last episodes is that essentially we are responsible. Or when you start at VACO, right, you have a number of trying to hit 10 to 15 people a week, Right. And so if you, you know, extrapolate that out, you're meeting around 500 people a year. And then if you've been in the market, like we have, I mean, that's close to three, 4,000 people, right? Jake, you've only been here four years, but I think you're probably over that 4,000 mark, but you know, I, I, but so, so let's talk kind of about the inner workings of recruiters. I mean, like, I, like, you know, Jake, what, what does your day look like? I mean, I mean, I'm interested for those of you who are like, you know, I'm, well, what is a, what does a recruiter look like? You know, how do I approach them? Which I know we're going to get into the next episode, but give kind of some individuals what your day looks like right now. Yeah. Um, it has drastically changed over the last, you know, five years, um, versus when I started and I was just trying to just meet people, you know, um, the, the great part is about this is that if you are someone who's just curious about people, this is the dream job because your job is literally just to talk to people. <laughs> like that is the whole point. So that that's been, and, and learn about them, you know? So that's, that's been really fun. Now my day to day really comes from a lot more strategic of, Hey, all right. I, I don't focus on job orders frequently and candidates as much. I focus more on just creating connections. So now what I've been doing is I spend most of my day is, I'm doing stuff like this, or I'm building out, Hey, you guys were two dudes working in a startup. You just got SOC 2 compliance. You need it for your product. Hey, let me introduce you to this other startup founder. So that way you guys can talk how easy that was for you to, to do that and make those kind of like long-term connections that bring an immediate value to my network outside of the day to day that I do from like, Oh, also you need an architect for that. Yeah. I, I know somebody who can do that as well. Cause it just, when you start caring more individually about the well-being of those companies and those those people and the the, the community that you're in, um, it it just feels feels better. First of all, secondly, it really just shows that you're like, hey, no, I'm actually I'm here for the long haul. And three, you have this platform because of all the people you talk to to be able to actually be a big asset to some of these companies that are trying to to grow. So so from there, um, I. Uh, I just start talking to people about, about them, their goals, their lives, their whatever. And then I look for ability to make connections from that. Yep. So good. Dan, give me, give me kind of peel behind the onion yeah. on a day of Daniel Thompson. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the damn days of summer. Yeah. Oh, geez. Uh, no. So, you know, it, it's similar again, you know, my, my goal and the reason that I do this business 
Uh, and it's something my friends make fun of me all the time because I'm always like, I know a guy that does this or, or, or a gal that does this. And that's like in all facets of my life. I learned that from my grandfather. You always want to have your people, right? Yeah. So um, it's the same thing on the, the recruiting side, right? So whereas in life, you always want your plumber, or you want your person to get you the hookup on, you know, Tempe Lightning tickets or whatever it is. On the recruiting side, I'm always looking for people that I know can help my clients, right? So as I mentioned, I'm a little bit more on the, the sales side of things. And so, you know, when I'm meeting with clients, when I'm sitting down with a CTO or, you know, a, a CIO or VP, whomever it might be, you know, we're talking about what their strategy is going to be. And, and similar to what Jake talked about, whether, whether it's architects or, you know, you're going through SOC 1, SOC 2 compliance, you know, you've got a HIPAA thing going on or, you know, you've got you know, some sort of new mobile, you know, single page app that you're trying to, whatever it is, you know, I'm trying to listen to that. And then, you know, when I meet people or when my recruiters back at the office are meeting people, we're always trying to engage in those discussions of who did you meet, right? So, you know, Taylor, you said it, you know, the goal is to meet 10 to 15 people a week. So we met thousands and thousands of people. Uh, so there's going to be companies that reach out to us and say, Hey, Dan, I need this. But there's going to be a lot of times when, you know, we have people coming to the office that, you know, just kind of blow us away or have a skill set that we know can, can help our clients. And so, you know, when, when, a, uh, when one of my recruiters meets one of those folks, then I'm like, okay, well, you know, this person, you know, is beyond web forms. Maybe they're on web API right now, okay. right? Or uh, maybe they're, you know, Angular 8, whatever it is. And so Ooh, here we one go. Of those. Yeah, there here it is. Uh, open or open source world, come at me. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, whatever it is, it's like, because we've sat down and got to know those those clients really well, I can now call them and say, hey, you know, John Smith, CIO at this company or, or Barbara Smith, you know, COO at this company. We met this really awesome person. I know what you're looking to do. I know where your company's going. I want to connect you. So now we're the connectors, right? Now we can help clients rather than clients just coming to us when they need help, right? Yeah. It's being able to be strategic advisory on the client side, like the same way it is on the, on the recruiting side of thing. So that's kind of what my day is, right? I'm not looking to be an order taker, right? If I wanted to do that, I'd go be a sommelier somewhere. I want to be somebody that can be That's awesome day. Go be an advisor, right? Where I can sit down with the CIO and he's like, Dan, this is this is my six month, twelve month, eighteen month strategy. And then if I meet somebody, I can call them and be like, you know, yeah, Tim Nail, right? I met this awesome guy. I need you to chat with him. Or yeah. You know, Phil Gergen, I, I met this really awesome QA lady. I really need you to talk to her because I think she can make you look better. Yeah. And, yeah. and in that same vein, if you're, it, it doesn't hurt to reach back out to your recruiter that you like on either side and be like, hey, what are you seeing out there from a client side or from a candidate perspective? It's, hey, I just got this new skill set. You know, uh, anyone need it? <laughs> you know, just do a quick ping of like, yeah, hey, I just, I just spun this project up on my own and now all of a sudden I can, administer docker myself you know and i didn't know that before i just got this this cert you know it's it's kind of cool and just one let us just celebrate with you real quick oh man that's awesome cool and you know and two it's like oh yeah that's a great skill set actually i got a couple clients that might benefit from that because they're trying to implement docker right now you know yeah or, or whatever yeah and and i think what's cool is is hear y'all talking is that with me i'm honestly a little bit more i think hand-to-hand -hand combat and more of your traditional type of recruiter probably more than both of you two are right and, yeah and i think you know, I'm from my day looks like, I mean, you know, I pretty much leave my mornings open <clears throat> in regards to a bunch of administrative things, right? Trying to get candidates, you know, submitted to job opportunities in the afternoons. It's 
right now it's a lot of zoom calls. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I, I was, I was very big on lunches, um, which is why my mom always thought I never worked because she would always <laughs> call me at lunch and I'd be at a steakhouse. Um, by the way, if you again, if you want to lose weight, just stop eating uh, strip steak every day for lunch and uh, the, the pounds will fall off of you. Um, so, <clears throat> so, you know, lunches with a candidate, and then it's, you know, a packed afternoon. And, and I think now I think it's pivoted a little bit. And, and it's a lot of zoom calls, a lot of conversations. But, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm you know, educating people right now and what the market looks like in that, you know, we kind of have a, you have to get to a number of 20 every week for our team, right? So for those of listening that aren't staffing, who really don't care about metrics, I totally get basically at the end of the day, I have to get to 20 touch points in one way, shape or form a week. Um, so I judge my team off four week increments. And so obviously 20 times four is 80 um, to, to let to educate the people on how busy it is right now. I hit 40 and or yeah, I hit 40 in one week. Yeah. Right. And so like all that being said, uh, I want to use this time for for the people who are still listening to be kind on your recruiters and to be kind on the people in the staffing industry right now, because I mean, we are overrun, right? Yes, we are not in the front lines of COVID, you know, and, and obviously, you know, in hospitals, um, but we are trying to obviously help the unemployment uh, you know, side of things right now. And, and it is a lot. And so I, I think the biggest thing is um, be kind on your recruiters and please know that if you haven't heard from us, we are still working for you. It just is, it is absolutely crazy right now. Um, so that's, so that's kind of what. And adversely um, recruiters, you know, be empathetic to, to your candidates, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because we have, have this, look, we get it. We, we know you, we know you just gotta let go. Like we understand, like it's, it sucks. We've seen it. Like it, it, it will turn back around. Like, you know, but we've seen that happen and we understand it. You know, the way that we'd work doesn't necessarily change based on who the person is. We're trying to be consistent and fair and honest and upfront with every person that we're talking to, at least the three of us on this call are right. So, um, yeah. and if you, if you have, if you're working a recruiter, that's not, you know, then just ask them, you're like, Hey, can you just shoot me straight with this? Yeah. And if they still don't, then maybe you're not working with the right recruiter. Right. I was gonna say, yeah. I was going to say managing expectations is huge, right? We yeah. do it on the client side a lot too, but it, it, on the, as a candidate, you know, talk to your recruiter about, you know, what is the best way to work with you or the best way to communicate with you. Right. It's not just, I don't want to bombard you. I don't, I don't know what I don't know. Right. And like we work on the recruiting side of things. So we know what's happening on the back end. And, you know, our goal is to anybody that we can meet is to try to place them in any job that we can. Right. Um, Cause that's, that's, you know, spoiler alert at the end of the day, if you learn nothing, that's how we get paid. Right. Like we don't get these like unbelievably great salaries to um, just meet people. We to be a public servant. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we are, we are there to, to try to help you. Right. So, um, or to help you that that is the only way that a we keep our job and b get paid so um, you know set that expectation with your career what's the best way to keep in contact with you is it a text message is it an email is it a phone call right how often right yeah. um, you know, set that in. And as a recruiter or HR professional, whomever is listening to just a hiring manager, like set that expectation yourself. Like, okay, if I met this person, you know, a month ago and I said, Hey, I've got a ton of opportunities and I've not reached out to this person. Like that, that's probably not going to like build a good relationship. But if it's a, you know, once a week, I need to go through and everybody I met two weeks ago, follow back up with them and, and where they're at um, in the process. Right. So whatever it is, like, set expectations on, on all sides of things and then ask what that expectation should be. So when I meet with a client and 
they're asking for, you know, interview signs. I say, okay, well, all right, when they're, when they're saying I need to get this position filled, my expectation out of them is, okay, if I send you candidates, when can you, uh, when can you interview? How quickly are you going to be, um, you know, interviewing for the role, uh, how quickly it has the position been signed off on. Um, if I get you the, the best candidate in the world and, and he interviews or she interviews, uh, can they start next Monday, right? So it's answering all of these questions. You as a recruiter need to be asking candidates and then, can, you know, the, the candidates need to be asking their recruiters, okay, well, how often can I follow up with you? When should I expect to hear from you? What does your process look like, right? So have those questions in mind when you go to meet folks. That was a really rambling answer. No, dude, hey, I love that. Again, I, listen, we're, we're not going to be the most polished when it comes to all this stuff, but I think what the cool thing is is that we're able to just kind of just, I don't know, shoot the shit, right? I, I, I think that's incredibly important. Um, and, and I still think people can can get some nuggets out of that. So Dan, thank you for that. Answer. There's a ton of content when you're that dealing was a ton with people. Of content. I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I so I think the last question before we wrap it up here, um, and and Dan started to get into kind of next week's topic um, as well, which I'm really excited to bring about. You know, really specifically kind of breaking down candidate recruiter relationship. But so I think the final question is is do do I pay for recruiters? I would say that's the biggest question I get. Is you know do do I need to pay the recruiter? And my answer is no. You should never write a check never. to the recruiter. As the candidate, as a client, please do that. Yes, please. And please, do please, do please do it quickly. Thank yeah, you. 15, net 15. Yeah. No, but I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, don't you guys agree on that? Yeah, never. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, that, that old school kind of like headhunter mentality. And you know what? If the market completely shifts, there might be a time that it, that it shifts at some point in the next 10 years, for all I know. But, you know, at one point it was when when hiring was not so crazy you did need to pay someone to advocate for you in that sense but now we're completely opposite where the work is is plenty and the workers are few you know mm -hmm. and and right now you know the, the candidate is the one who's who's winning right now you know yeah. um and the client is who, who needs the recruiters to help build out those teams right sure yeah, yeah. So, no so i yeah if, if that ever comes up um you run the other way. I mean, there's. Oh, Dan. I dropped Dan, my microphone, boys. Are you still there? Yeah. You must have just said something awesome. Dan, dropped the Dan mic just and fell off a cliff. Sorry. I, I, uh, I, was, I was being attacked by a recruiting firm that he was, was charged was, up front. Uh, no. So, um, I, you know, I would say that, you know, if you ever have to pay, I mean, <laughs> first don't but b if you're like i absolutely have to and that goes for like resume writers and stuff too uh we can have a different discussion about that or slide in my dms and i'll tell you why you shouldn't pay to get your resume written yeah. um but more importantly if somebody's gonna offer you that that if you pay them and they're gonna guarantee you work be very careful about what that guarantee might be or what they consider yeah. a guarantee of work. Cause that might be a job offer that doesn't fit your skill set or salary that doesn't meet your needs. So either there's too many contingent, um, you know, search firms out there similar to what we do or executive search firm or um, uh, retainer search firms that are out there that don't require any money. Um, stay, stick with those. Um, don't don't give random people that that poses recruiters money. That's that's not how we work. Yeah. Oh, it's so you good. Go into pricing stuff at all and how that that kind of plays out. That so that's that's on like this the the next the next next week. The next yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two more. So boys, it was it was great hanging. A uh, few few kind of questions to to kind of round out the episode. Jake, first off, 
where'd you get those headphones? So obviously, so for the viewers, once we, so, so for the ones views? listening, yeah, so, so, so for the individuals listening, you can't see it, but Jake is starting a trend. Jake is starting to wear his kids' headphones uh, when we do the Zoom call. So Jake, tell me, tell me, um, guess what characters that's supposed to go off of and, and, and which one of your kids does that? <clears throat> well, first of all, I got a bunch of kids. So I got a lot of kids' headphones coming through, coming through per road trip. We just bust out some new headphones. Thank I love you, Home it. Goods. You know, <laughs> they'll be sponsoring soon, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These bad boys are from my middle son. Oh, and they are there. No, wait. These are my youngest sons. I didn't even yeah, know which one I had on. These are my youngest. youngest. Son. He has. Yeah. He has too many kids, folks. Yeah, too, too he loses them. <laughs> They're all. Is that, is, is that supposed to be These like a Toy Story? Toy Straight Story. Up. Got the whole That's cast awesome. and crew here, cheering me on on each I love year. That. You they look just, great. They whisper little positivities and stuff. So you know, good. Like you're my favorite deputy and. I love that. that stuff. That's great. Um, <laughs> all right. So the last question and, and that we were kind of chatting about this before we kicked off the podcast. Are you a morning or night person? So, uh, <laughs> so, you know, early bird gets the worm type of guy, or are we talking about the night out type of guy? So Jake, I'm going to kick it off with you first. Uh, I will, I will say two things. I am adaptable. And I am tired a lot. <laughs> so, so you're uh, at any time, but you're just always tired. I'm always here for a good time. So if the good time's at five in the morning, I'll probably be there. If it's if it's one Jake's of the morning, not here for a long time. He's just here for, <laughs> yeah. here for a good time. That's right. But either way, I got to be home because my kid's probably going to wake up in the middle of the night and need water or something. Anyway, <laughs> so. I love but if that. I get to choose, I want to get up early. Okay. My wife can stay up later than me anytime all the time <laughs> that's awesome dan i'm not gonna lie i have a very severe case of fomo um and so, <laughs> hey listen this is why we do this it's, it's yeah. a part counseling session too yeah no i have a very like severe case of fomo so i actually go to bed late and i wake up really early part of the reason i wake up really early now when you know when gyms reopen um is because i was doing these like five five a.m workouts um I have a gym literally right across the street that I walk to. So um, I would wake up super early for that. Even before that, I would wake up early. Uh, I'm big on news. I'm big on what's going on in the world. I don't want people to know about things that I don't know about or like have topics of conversation. So like, Jeez. yeah, I don't want like, if something is like, real, man. Yeah. So like I am exactly like it sucks. It, 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 it's like, it's terrible. Uh, so similar to Jake, I'm always tired. I don't have any kids. So um, I'm just naturally tired because I get like six hours of sleep at night. Uh, but it works for me five hours of sleep, but, but it works for me for now. Um, but I'm trying to work on my FOMO. And then from there, I'll let you know if I'm a morning person or a night person, but I, I think I'd rather be up early than stay up late. I just don't feel like too much good stuff happens that late. You know, mom always said nothing mom always happens said, past midnight, which, which goes into my thing. I am neither a morning or a night person, uh, <laughs> which is going to change here very soon with the arrival of my daughter. Uh, that is really weird to say um, in, in 10 yeah. weeks. Um, but I like to get up at 10 and I like to go to bed at 10. I operate really well between the hours of 10 and 10. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I am, I am neither a morning or night person. I am a very middle of the road, not fun individual. Um, and so that is, that is a little about me. Um, well, boys, thanks again for hanging, looking forward to do it again and, uh, really excited for the next episode and where we kind of break down, obviously working with recruiters on the candidate side. Thanks y'all. Later.
Bye. Thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of the Unicorn Finders. If you found any of that interesting or helpful at all, please share it with your friends. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or want to be a part of our podcast, be sure to email us at info at theunicornfinders.com. And while you're at it, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe us five stars and share it with a friend or two. We'll see you next week.